Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 240, and today we'll be talking about the OKKO episode, Sibling Rivalry. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, it's the debut of Raymond. Yes, or as I would say, Ray, 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 I can't, I I can only say Raymond. I can't roll ours. But yes, Raymond is here. I don't know the name of this archetype, but it's a similar, somewhere mixed between, you know, like James from the Pokemon anime and Waluigi. And for some reason, (laughs) he's really obsessed with sports, but you got the whole Rose theme going on. Is there, is there a word for this? I'm, I'm not hip on the animes to know. It's it's not a word I am aware of. Although, I mean, I mean, again, we get the we get we get Rockadoodle later on in Raymond's tenure. <laughs> okay, definitely when he actually steals the letter off the sign, and then he just goes boom boom, shake the room. Hands down, <laughs> the best Raymond quote of this episode. I mean, he has so many little one-liners after things, but I think I had completely forgotten about that, and I'm definitely saying that every time I leave any room ever (laughs) i don't know like for me i like when he puts ko in the penalty box and then turns him into a basketball and then makes a shot and it lands in the internet cafe and then he says nothing but net i just got that today watching the episode to you know discuss it i just got that i did not get it until you just said it just now because for any uh, of our listeners who are as clueless as we are apparently uh, it is an internet cafe ha, 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 ha. oh my gosh wow uh, man the subtlety of the humor in this show is really incredible and meanwhile ian jones cordy is like just a, a sensing a disturbance in the force <laughs> you know somewhere some people who are way too old to be watching my show just got a joke i thought was obvious <laughs> yeah i'm never expecting the jokes to go as deep as they do but his, raymond's constant uh basically everything he says in this episode is an, is amazing and i don't know how the writers come up with so many unique things for him to say but also the visual gags continue to just be amazing especially anything that has to deal with uh the whole boxmore family and just the horrible toxicity of them all <laughs> vying for their father's attention oh the facial expressions on shannon and daryl as he was coddling them and raymond was crying oh yeah i mean the way that they get knocked back and like physically affected every time that lord boxmore you know praises raymond and then later on near the end of the episode when they finally get retribution and get daddy to love them again and they're like hanging on his arm the moment the camera like (laughs) is facing them after seeing raymond's reaction and they're just like swinging off of his arm (laughs) it's just uh, hilarious and adorable but as far as visual gags, are you sure you weren't most impressed by the 12-pack butt cheeks? Okay, <laughs> that pulled a classic SpongeBob artistic painting zoom up, but also just the f- <laughs> even the phrasing of it. He's like, my two-packs got a six-pack. My two-pack is packing a 12-pack. Oh, that's right. <laughs> six Six packs per pack. 12. <laughs> but, oh man, you, you speak about the, the Spongebob style zoom in. Of course, when Raymond looks at KO and is like, pass. That was, that was a good one. Oh, yeah. When <laughs> showing, showing uh, KO is just like a baby with the little, is it like rubber ducks in the background or something? Oh, I can't remember, but it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to not do that. <laughs> yeah, it's really too bad that KO doesn't have any power at all <laughs> in this. Yeah, he's uh, 
I, I think later in the series, well, I mean, Raymond suffers from some pretty severe villain decay after this. I, I guess he just loses his mojo. Well, he loses all the sports references. For some reason, he's really, uh, he's really into sports in this episode, which sort of fits with the, like, cooler, better upgraded sibling vibe and how it's sort of childish. Like a, ch- a child thinks that someone who's really into sports is cool. That I don't remember that ever being referenced again. So maybe maybe that's where some of Raymond went. Yeah, he had to he had, he had to find a new path after this loss. I mean, I mean, he could have easily just captured Ko himself. Instead, he saw no value in him. <laughs> see, see, Raymond, you should have fought Ko. Yeah, not only was Ko uh, not very effective uh, fighting wise, but sort of his like agency in in making you know Shannon and Daryl actually try to have a plan and cooperate basically falls apart. He he does get them to fight again at the end of the episode, but then Enid and Rad have already solved their problems without him, and I love their Zen oh, yeah. <laughs> faces. They're ridiculous faces. That uh, it, everyone loves. So that. funny, yeah. That they had just stared into the sun. And that those expressions perfectly captured <laughs> what what they said. You guys. Oh, they're so silly on this show. Oh. And then I like how KO just sits on the R, you know, uses them as his bench legs. It is his bench. <laughs> Good ending. Good ending. Hmm. I I mean I'm just I'm just thinking back to the fight and when 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 Raymond shoots the rollerblades at Rad is the funniest thing. Right, I like how <laughs> it's not a it's like sort of a weakness for Rad. Like he sort of targeted. Not him. really, because Rad could have Rad was ready to grab and throw back projectiles, but it's like, oh no, those aren't projectiles; those are rollerblades. <laughs> Right, and it's even dumber when, like, Enid's pretty much got Raymond cornered, and then he just throws dodgeballs, which I guess is she wasn't prepared for. Yeah, and then she forgets how to do her her wood thing. Right, like, she could have just disappeared again, but apparently not, so. Very silly fight. I guess they need teamwork more than they think. Yeah, I mean, really, to be honest, they're just being courteous to the new guy. I mean, they wouldn't want Raymond coming out to take an L on his first outing. That's pretty rough. Well, considering that neither Shannon or nor Daryl had gotten a W yet. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, we never saw their first outings. I mean, Shannon was a bot that presumably Gar had experience with before she ever fought Radicles. Yeah. But, you know, I, I do think that... We, I think Enid gave a pretty good name for the archetype of Raymond. He's a pompadork. <laughs> Actually, that fits really well. Someone should add that to... um. Oh, what's that site called? The, the, TV the, Tropes. Yeah, it's a TV Tropes. <laughs> oh, but then we'd have to go through all the effort of finding other pompadorks. I mean... And then explaining why they count as pompadorks. Well, no, because you have the trope neighbor. They don't all have to... They just have to be like Raymond. They don't need pompadors. Oh, yeah. So yeah, this episode's really critical to understanding the um, the lore <laughs> of OKKO. Um, deepest, deepest of lore, as always. I mean, you know, if I was, if I really wanted to stretch before exercising here, I guess I could say that, um, you know, this whole toxic family that we're looking at, we've never really dug into why, you know, Boxmore's a villain, but but we still don't really know 
why he's so cruddy and why he has this, you know, he's really good at making these robots that are, you know, incredibly uh, conscious and lifelike and, and, and just begging to be loved. But we still don't know if Boxman came, comes from a past of wanting to be loved and making the same things, you know. I'm still interested in seeing that. It's always been a little silly over at the, the Boxman factory, so... I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm betting that, you know, if they were ever to flesh out Boxman's backstory, it would be that he had a father much like himself, you know, someone who was very wrapped up in his work and very, very critical of Boxman. Back when he was but a young box lad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's always had that, like, you know, the, you know, the facial uh, enhancement slash re- repair going on on his face that's always been begging for. A backstory, but just seeing the characters here, you know, with Raymond being introduced and just how it's actually like really dark (laughs) and depressing, how tossed to the side, like how how their emotions are just so easily manipulated by Boxman and, um, you know. It's like actually bad. They live really bad existences. And this continues in later episodes too. Yeah, because, you know, remember from villains and I didn't to be a perfect robot slave. Don't ask questions, just obey and always follow orders. Right, like they consider themselves, like they consider him their daddy, but at the same time use the word slave to describe themselves. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty horrifying. I mean, no one ever said that the robots had the best home life but i guess it's the one they got they get to play golden statues yeah well i mean also call back to talking about the mortimers and the 37 of them from uh, last episode from craig of the creek uh you know we still uh, we haven't been introduced i think yet to the concept that the robots are constantly uh, exploding and being reborn so who knows how many torturous life cycles these robots go through without their dad ever loving them and how much that consciousness is really connected i mean it's pretty horrifying over there mm-hmm. what boxman's doing to these poor things i'm trying to remember when the the daryl's head gets thrown into the furnace and then the new Daryl comes out and continues their conversation. Was that in a short or was that in one of the early episodes? Ah, considering that I feel like I haven't watched all the shorts and I've definitely seen that and that was a really funny moment. I'm pretty sure that's in a regular episode. So I'm, I'm pretty sure they clued us into the robot's continued horrifying existence. Well, yeah, but there's that like fil- philosophical question of well even if it's a copy of their their brain their metadata and even if they could continue the same conversation is it really them again you know oh great now we're getting into the transporter dilemma (laughs) right if it's a perfect copy is it really still them no i like I, i like schluck mercenaries view of it there's a there's an issue or there's a comic where one of the special operatives is about to clone himself to go out and do something and he says to the commanding officer who's has, having him go out and do it, yeah, well, you know, right now there's a 50-50 shot that I'm about to wake up out in hostile territory and about to have work to do, basically. Can't remember exactly how he phrases it, but, you know, from his perspective, yeah, there's a 50-50 shot that he is about to be the one who wakes up and ha- has to start killing people. Which is actually with the Boxmore robots. Well, they don't have to kill, but... <laughs> yeah, they uh... just have to get their butts kicked really hard. Yeah, for for nothing more than the R in Gars, which Gaz is not his name. I, it's a good thing the arc went back, because that would have been really hard to have to watch. 
I'm glad that they fully committed to painting the like backdrop of the bodega though with gauze. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like the typical like fine lined colored in um you know typical animation. It was actually like the background art, so <laughs> they could always reuse it. I'm, I'm sure they I'm sure they had their little tricks. Or maybe they just had extra time. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, but eh. I, I really like Raymond as a, as a character. Again, it might just be the Prom Night episode talking, but I think he ends up integrating well into the family. And since this is his premiere, it's a, definitely a noteworthy episode. Yeah, the the robots in general are kind of fun because, well, I mean, we literally saw Raymond be born in this episode. So there's no questioning, like, how they came to be, who they are, or anything like that. They're just the perfect little caricatures <laughs> that they are. And any character growth they have is all brand new. Except they don't ver- grow very much. Maybe outside of Shannon. Maybe kind of Daryl. So, um... Yeah. <laughs> Raymond's a great joke the whole time. And also, I don't know if he has been reborn like the other ones. I can't remember him dying and coming back. Hmm. So there's a challenge, listeners. Go find where Raymond dies. He gets blasted off again in the prom episode, but I don't know that he ever gets dismantled as utterly as we see Shannon and Daryl get constantly dismantled. Again, nothing's coming to mind right away. Yeah, I mean, Boxman goes into the sun and he clearly didn't die, so... Yeah, he gets better. <laughs> so Raymond being blasted off, I'm sure he landed safely. Okay, to be, to be fair, like, Boxman's pretty tough. Like, he is much stronger than his children. Well, I'm still waiting for a better explanation <laughs> as to how he came back so easily. Sun got tired of having him around. Oh, well, maybe. Well, it's kind of like there's an interesting story there or with any of the robots where any of these moments where maybe we think they die and a new one gets created, but then an old one actually comes back. You know, that would be a Twin Peaks type scenario of having someone. I don't know. I don't know if it's that complicated with the robots. No, we, we know Daryl's. <laughs> we know Daryl's a hive mind because that's that's right. But as for Shannon, I think we only ever see one at a time on Shannon. Although there was that episode that it was about her having to blow up and inhabit a new body to reboot herself because of a hardware failure. Yeah. What was that? Rad Likes Robots was the name. Well, yeah. Uh, that malfunction was pretty significant. <laughs> a, uh, a title, by the way, which I never understood, as it was clearly only a single robot that he liked. Yeah. I really wish they hinted that in the fu- in the future episodes, but they kind of don't really bring that back up. They just completely dropped the plot line. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure, like, you know, I refuse to fight you, Shannon, and then she's, like, kicking his butt extra hard, but in no other episodes. It's like Spongebob-level continuity. What do you mean we already hired a, a night crew person? No, in the very next episode, Spongebob and Squidward are going to be closing up shop for the night. <laughs> yeah. I don't ask for a lot of continuity in my cartoons, just that if you have an episode where you hire a night crew guy, that maybe instead of closing up shop for the night, you just say hi to the night crew as they come in. Maybe. Well, yeah. In fairness, you know, that reminds me how they don't really have fight scenes in Spongebob, but definitely people will get roughed up a little bit. And then like the very next shot you see them in, they're completely fine. Like Patrick will get a black eye or something and then immediately it will be healed. But in this, you know, like in this episode, I was actually reminded of the same thing where like Shannon and Daryl, somehow they end up like on the ground with like just bamboozled faces or something. And then 
another shot happens and I was actually thinking of that effect where I was like, if this was SpongeBob right now, they'd already be healed. But the joke was that they're still like messed up. I can't remember. I think it was when they first get introduced to Raymond, but you know, they like actually preserved that state. Yeah. They, they only in cartoons. Yeah. They only usually keep it as long as it's important. Like I remember on Symbionic Titan, when the gang got captured by Galactic Guardian Group, I was surprised that Lance stayed beat up as long as he did. Yeah, I mean, comparatively, that obviously makes Steven Universe the better show, since, you know, Steven keeps his black eyes and his torn shirts <laughs> for at least whole episodes. I mean, heck, Sadie had that scar. Doesn't she still have it? She, I think she still has the scar. I think it's pretty faint, though. I think it actually has gotten fainter. I think that's how dedicated they are to detail, even though everybody changes height by, like, three feet in every I mean, it depends on how prominent we want the character to be in the scene. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, sibling rivalry. Um, if yeah. you haven't seen this one, then you probably didn't understand any episode after OKKO, because this is pretty much the linchpin of the series, I guess. Yeah, or, you know, perhaps you, uh, you carried on and everything, everything was fine anyway. I mean, who are we to judge? <laughs> I mean, where, where did this mysterious Raymond come from? You know, this is the origin yeah. story. <laughs> the secret origin of Raymond the Fabulous. I can't wait until we discuss prom night. I mean, you know, who said we had to discuss them in order? <laughs> I think I think Ian Ian Jones and Sigourney would be proud. Well, except for that he was the one who enforced the or actually gave the suggested order for Steven yeah. Universe episodes. Yeah. But I feel like for his own show, he would be very proud if you watched them out of order. Didn't he also recently give one for OKKO? Uh, I hadn't seen, but I would believe it. But then that would really make my last statement sound pretty stupid. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he <laughs> tweeted out just recently an intended order for season one of OKKO. OK oh, man, I don't want to read that because then I'm going to feel bad at how out of order the actual airing was and feel mad at Cartoon Network again, all over again. That's OK. It's not really the kind of show where the airing order or where the episode airing order matters all that much. Besides, Ian's still mad at us for not getting the nothing but net joke. <laughs> I can't believe that. I mean, he had an Obi-Wan moment because of us. Do you have any idea how inconvenient that is for a creative type? <laughs> anyway, guys, that's been us on Sibling Rivalry from OKKO. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.